The Infertility Podcast is a place of inspiration for every season in life, a resource where listeners can be encouraged to push past obstacles and be motivated by individual stories. The premise of infertility is understanding the season you are in and realizing that there are strategies that can be implemented to enjoy a fertile season. Now on with the show. Welcome to episode 20 of the Infertility Podcast. As you may be aware at this point, October is Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month. Last week, we had Winnie on and she provided in great detail of her infertility journey, her pregnancy loss um, at, at five months and now going on to have four children. Our final guest for this topic is Fabiola. Woohoo! Welcome, Fabiola. Hello, um, how are you? Good, thank you. Thank you for being on. Um, we're going to give you an opportunity to tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, if you want to, you know, give some insight about your career, personal and or, you know, professional highlights, just a, you know, short introduction so that the listeners can get to know you a little bit better before we get into the interview. Okay, sounds good. So I will definitely keep it short. Um, as you already said, my name is Fabiola. Um, I'm 28 years old. I was born in New Jersey, but I have been living in Florida now for about 15 plus years. Um, my husband and I own a transportation company, so we mostly work with elderly people, transporting them. And um, I have a one and a half year old son. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So we're going to get um, right into the questions. Um, so the first question you've hinted towards the fact that you have a husband. So how did you meet your husband and how long have you been married? Okay. So I met my husband in 2011. I actually, it's a funny story. Um, I actually didn't even want to go to this event. My friend kept insisting that I go to a um, compa seminar. To okay. learn how to dance comp out and I didn't want to go I wasn't in the mood and um she ended up convincing me so we went and he was actually my dance partner wow so that's how we met so, so we was at a UCF dance program oh I was just saying it was at a UCF dance program yeah so that's how we met so the chemistry was there from the beginning no, I wouldn't say that at all. Actually, really? I was really turned off by him. Um, he was just like, in my head, it was just the opposite of what I wanted at that moment in time. Mm. Um, so I didn't really even think anything of it, which is kind of funny. And my best friend who was there, we were dancing and she was like, Fabi, that is going to be your husband. And I was like, wow. ew, no, <laughs> never. That is not my type. <laughs> and sometimes it's, it's, and, it's like that. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So um, that's how we met. And um, we've been married now for four years. Wow, that's amazing. I was uh, The reason why I said there's, there had to be chemistry, because you can't be dancing compa without chemistry. That's, that's just the way exactly. I do <laughs> Yes, that's true. That's yeah, true. so for those for those listeners who don't know what compa is, compa is a type of dance, or, or yeah, it's a type of dance that we um, do in our Haitian culture. So if you've seen people dance compa, you you can see that there's there's usually chemistry between the two that are dancing. 
Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's amazing. So um, how did your husband propose to you? So um, he told me that we were going to one of my friend's fashion show at some hotel. So when I got there, um, it, my whole family was there. And he proposed to me in front of the, my whole entire family that lives down here in Florida. So I was completely um, t- shocked to see them there. I kind of had an idea that he mm-hmm. was going to propose because he's just not good at hiding stuff. <laughs> and my mom was making it very obvious because she kept saying, you have to get your nails done this Saturday. I'm like, why can't I just go next Saturday? Yeah. Why, does it, why do I have to, you know? She was making it pretty obvious, but it was definitely beautiful. It was very intimate because it was my close family that was there. Um, so I loved it. Awesome. So sweet. And um, you guys have been married for four years now. Mm-hmm. Um, so once you got married, you know, not every couple wants to have children right away. Some people want, you know, to wait. Um, what was the case for you two? Did you want to wait some time before having children or did you want a child like right away um not right away I wanted kids about a year after we got married my husband wanted two years so we were kind of like well we'll just you know we'll wait a year and evaluate everything that's going on in a year and then decide if we're ready to try mm-hmm. for a child or not so were you guys successful in waiting that year or, you know, what happened during that time? So period? what actually happened is um, before I got married, um, me and my husband decided to wait um, to have sex before we got married. So when um, closer to the date of me getting married, I had went to my doctor because I wanted to get birth control because I was just like, I don't want to um, get pregnant right away. Like mm-hmm. I always hear this story of like, People going to their honeymoon and boom, they're pregnant. That's my family. And I knew I wanted to... <laughs> That's most people I know. So I was like, I don't want that to happen to me. And so I was just like, and I know I'm like, oh, you know, they always say all Haitian women get pregnant right away. So I was just like, I don't want this to happen to me. Let me go to the doctor and get birth, um, birth control. So mm-hmm. I did that. Um, but the birth control really wasn't going well with my body. So we decided to take it out. Mm-hmm. Um, when we took it out, my, we took it out about six months into being married. Um, my doctor was like, oh, you're good. You're not going to have to worry. It's going to take about three to six months for it to come out your system. I got pregnant the next month. Wow. Yeah. Like my next full, cause I, I, um, the birth control, it was a birth control that really didn't give me any period. So okay. after my first period, I got pregnant two weeks later. Wow. Okay. So, so you, you know, in the first year you wanted to wait, got on the birth control. Um, this happens, you get pregnant. What are you guys feeling at that point? I was shocked. Mm. Um, my husband was shocked. He wasn't really as excited because he really believed that he really wanted to wait for two years. Um, he was more so like, okay, you know, if it happens, it happens. It's all in God's hand. But it definitely wasn't something that we planned. Okay. So that was definitely a big shock for us. Okay. And so tell me a little bit um, about that season. Once you got pregnant, um, did you face any complications? Like what was that pregnancy like? Yes. So with that pregnancy, um, we actually went to the doctor um 
to confirm the pregnancy mm-hmm. and he confirmed it at first and then he sent us to do an ultrasound so we can hear the heartbeat and different things like that so we went to that appointment and um the person that was doing the ultrasound she was very hesitant um she kept saying you need to go to your doctor you need to go to your doctor as soon as you can and um so my husband's like is there a problem what's going on she's like oh nothing um just go to your doctor so we went back to the doctor and the doctor was like oh we don't hear a heartbeat but we could have um the dates wrong so let's wait a week and then go back so we waited a week and we went back again and um they did the test over again and then my doctor called me in to come into the office i would say maybe a day after i had the ultrasound so I went in thinking it was just like a regular routine. Um, and he was like, I'm sorry to tell you this, but your baby has no heartbeat and this is the end of your pregnancy. Wow. So my husband's at work. So I'm just like taking this all in. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, this is the end of your pregnancy. Like there's no heartbeat. Wow. So I'm just like in shock. Like I felt like I couldn't even move at the moment. And so I got myself together and I left. Um, before I left, he told me, he was like, you have two options. You can um, let the baby pass naturally, or I can give you a pill tonight and you would, you can, you know, you will be able to pass the baby through, through the medication. Mm -hmm. So I, I called my husband and he was like, let us, let's do it naturally because he was still believing that it wasn't true. He was like, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Let's get a second opinion. So um we ended up waiting a little longer um i would say it was about that was around i would say it would be 8 weeks at that time and so at 11 weeks um i was home and i was laying down in bed and i was like oh my god i feel weird like i feel like i have to use the bathroom mm-hmm. so i got up went to the bathroom and blood started gushing everywhere yeah all over my bathroom floor um so i ended up calling my husband um he was so far away i had to call my aunt to take me to the hospital so um when i got to the hospital they couldn't stop the bleeding um after four hours of trying they still couldn't stop the bleeding it was just so much blood to the point where I actually had to get two blood transfusions. Wow. Um, I had passed out. My hemoglobin went from an 11 to a four in 30 minutes. Wow. So they were, they were so scared. They were like, they've never seen a case like this before. Um, pretty much telling me like, they don't know what to do. At that point, they were calling other hospitals because they were like, we don't know what to do with her. Wow. Um, so I ended up having two um, blood transfusions. And, um, that was, it was a very scary time mm-hmm. for me and my husband because he, um, he actually found me passed out in the, in the, at the hospital. So he was just, he was like, oh my God, this is just too much for me. Um, so that was, that was the situation with the first pregnancy. Okay. So this is all taking place in basically in your first year of marriage. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's a yeah. lot. So after, you know, um, you go through this 
situation of, of pregnancy loss, you know, and we've mm-hmm. talked about this in the podcast before that people don't really talk about it. Um, what was that? What was it like for you the next couple of months after the miscarriage? It was extremely emotional. Um, you, so, especially for us, it was something that we didn't plan, but the the more you get into the pregnancy, the more you're like excited. You're thinking about baby names. You're thinking about, oh, what could, you know, are we going to have a girl? Are we going to have a boy? How are we going to announce it? You know, baby showers. You start planning all these things. And when something like this happens, it's just, it's life-changing. Um, I, I was definitely a very emotional. Um, like, I, I just remember times where I would just bust out crying or, I just really didn't even want to really be around people. Um, so that was very, it was very hard. And especially the fact that it was the first year of marriage. We are, we're already learning each other and learning how to be a married couple on top of something like this. Right. So it was so, it was emotionally draining mm-hmm. to, to say the least. Yeah. Wow, that's a lot, especially like you said, for the first year of marriage. Um, because you know, the first year of marriage is adjustments, you know, you're getting to know, especially if you didn't live with the person before, um, mm-hmm. getting to know their traits, they're getting to know your traits, your habits, um, the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know, like I like to say. Yes. <laughs> um, so I definitely yeah. understand that the first year is, is always um, interesting. Um, in that sense, in that regard, because you're getting to know the person mm-hmm. on a new level. Um, and then yeah. add this layer of um, having a miscarriage that is, I know it had to be very, very difficult for you. So yeah. after you, yeah. got, you guys got through that um, journey, that, that obstacle, that challenge of having that first miscarriage, um, did you go on to have um, longer periods of time with infertility. So after that um, pregnancy, I would say about two months later, we decided to try again. Um, we were actually talking to our pastor and he had prophetically spoke to us that he believed that it was time for us to try again and that we would have a successful pregnancy. Um, but there is going to be, he definitely told us that there is going to be some hurdles that we were going to go through mm-hmm. um, in this, in that season. So we decided to try again. And um, he, he told us in September to try again. By the end of September, I was pregnant. Wow. So I found out I was pregnant. So um, when I found out I was pregnant, we were super excited, super happy. Um, but I definitely, I was very, I was very fearful. I was so scared. Um, you know, we, we, we are both people of faith and I feel like definitely in that season I was not speaking the word that I felt like I should have spoke over my pregnancy because I was so scared I didn't want anybody to know I we tried to keep it just between us because of the fact that everything that happened last time I was just like I don't know like am I making the right choice am I doing this right like I'm second guessing everything I'm doing from what I'm eating to any activity I'm doing during the day. And I was already working in a very stressful job because I used to be a social worker. So my hours, I would work, I mean, I could start working as early as 8 a.m. and I'm still doing paperwork midnight, 1 a.m. So it was just 
it was stressful, the job that I was working in at the time. So um, we found out we were pregnant in September and I had set up my eight week appointment with my doctor. Three days before my eight weeks appointment, I actually started bleeding um, a little bit and they were like, oh, you know, it's not a big deal. It's just a little bit of blood. Um, and I ended up actually having a miscarriage um, three days before that doctor's wow. appointment. So that one really hit us because we're like, okay, the first one, so many people are telling me, you know, this has happened to me before. This is normal. So many people have miscarriages, their first one. So now we're like, wait, okay, now we have two miscarriages. What is, what is going on? Right. Why is this happening? So I think it definitely emotionally, it hit my husband a lot harder because he was so excited because of everything that he saw with the first one and how the doctors were telling me that, you know, I'm lucky to be alive if I was going to bleed out. So he got so excited for the second one. And seeing that I had another miscarriage, he just emotionally, it was hard for him. Right. And I, I think I've talked about this in a previous podcast is, you know, as women, when we go through the miscarriage, it's real for us because we're dealing with the physical symptoms. Yeah. You know? yeah. We see it. And so when you see it, you have to deal with it, you know, um, whereas, uh, you know, the husband or the partner um, is sometimes holding on to hope. And yeah. as a woman, you're already kind of in your mind, you know, kind of what's happening. And so it's, yeah. it's equally important to um, think about that male perspective because they're dealing with it in a different way. They may not have the physical symptoms, but yeah. they deal with all the other um, aspects of a loss as well. Yeah, exactly. And I think for me, another thing that made it really hard with that second one was because I actually had, the, I actually had the, um, the baby in my hand. Oh. So I think with the first one, I didn't see it. I just saw blood. But with the second one, seeing that in my hand was like, oh my gosh, you know, that was just yes. emotionally. I was just like, oh no, like, I cannot believe I'm going through this again. So it was definitely hard. That second one. Yeah. So tell me about also, um, because you've hinted towards family members being there, um, you know, your mm -hmm. pastor, people being aware of the situation. Um, what was it like, you know, dealing with um, those who were kind of witness of what was going on between you and your husband and um, experiencing pregnancy loss? Um, it's, it's funny because you think that people are going to be more sensitive towards you, mm. but I have gotten so many rude comments. Um, I've had, I mean, there's people that are definitely sensitive. There's people that are afraid to talk to me about it because they just don't know what to say. So they really just try to avoid the conversation as a whole. But I've had family members call me like I'm at the hospital, literally just having, a, just had the miscarriage and they're like, you need to just stop trying to have kids right now. Like this is, this is, should not be a priority. Like you're still young, you know, obviously your body is not taking it well. So you should just stop trying. And hearing that right after I lost the child, it's like, I'm not trying to hear that right now. Right. Um, you know, so 
things like that. But for the most part, it was mostly positive. Um, definitely my family, um, very supportive. Anything I needed, they were there for me. Um, if there was days I just didn't, like with my husband, there's days I just didn't even want to do anything. You know, he, he would make sure that everything else was taken care of and just let me relax. Um, my mom, my dad, everybody was there just to support us. Um, every even when I was at the hospital, everybody made sure they came to visit. Um, whatever they could do to help make it easier for Rudy and I, they made sure they did that. So that was that was really helpful. Yeah, I think it's it's really important to have that village and be surrounded by people during those difficult times, because you know the enemy really wants to make you feel isolated um, yep. in this season. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. sometimes the comments people make make you feel isolated. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for me personally, um, growing up, I knew about, um, like, my mother, she had a miscarriage after she carried me. I have an aunt mm -hmm. who had a miscarriage. I think her first pregnancy was a miscarriage. So mm -hmm. I was aware that this sort of thing happens, but it's not until you go through it that you hear about yeah. like the number of people who have gone through it. Um, yeah. And a lot of people just keep silent, you know, they don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, so I really thank you for stepping out and talking about your, you know, your story and your journey. So thank you. So this is, you know, now we're going, we've gone through the first year of marriage um and you experience a loss we're getting into the second year of marriage and you experience a loss so how long was your um journey to finally conceive um your son so we got married in 2015 mm -hmm. um we experienced both losses both um losses in 2016 wow um yeah, so we conceived, we lost, we dealt with that. Um, so I got pregnant with Josiah April 2017 is when I got pregnant with him. Um, we actually were not even thinking about, we were going to wait. Um, we went to see a doctor after the second loss and they was, they did testing, but they couldn't really find anything. So she told me to um, she wanted me to be on prenatals for six months to a year before I started trying again. So she wanted me to make sure I took it every day to start preparing my body, um, try to lose weight, um, and try to eat as clean as possible. And then from there, I would come back to her and we would start talking about trying again. So I actually went to a women's conference. And at the conference, um, the Holy Spirit told me that it was time to try again. And this was like not in my thought process at all. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about so many other things. We just started our business. So I'm, I'm going to this women's conference and I know I'm like, God, I know I'm going to hear from you about something about this business because that was my focus at the time. And so the um, Holy Spirit told me to try again. So I put that in the back of my head because I was like, no, this can't be right. <laughs> I, I know this is not the time because there's so much going on. And that Sunday, um, my pastor was like, God is telling me it's time for you guys to try again. And I'm like, okay, this is confirmation. I already know it was confirmation before, but now 
I, I know that this is the time. So me and my husband got an agreement. And from the day that he said that, I found out nine days later, I was pregnant. Wow. Yeah. So nine days later, I found out I was pregnant um, with Josiah. Um, and that pregnancy, it, it, went, it started off great. Um, I actually ended up at 20 weeks. They told me that um, they wanted to um, put a surclage in me. Um, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with what a surclage is or not. I am, but Most just people, if you can explain it to the listeners, just so they are aware of what it is. Yes. Yeah, so a surclage is a, I would say, a device that they put to close your cervix. Um, if they think that your cervix is short or weak, they use this device to hold the baby in. And um, for most women, it helps them have a successful full-term pregnancy. So at 20 weeks, they decided to put me, or to put a surclash in me and um, put me on bed rest for the rest of my pregnancy. Wow. So that was tough because we went from two incomes to one income in a matter of days. So <laughs> that was definitely interesting, but God provided through all of that. And um, they they were the doctors were not believing that Josiah was going to be full term. Like every week they were like, let's just try to get to 24 weeks. Let's just try to get to 28. All right. We're at 30, but let's just get to 32. And he actually was born on his due date exactly at 40 weeks. And they were shocked because they thought I was going to have him beforehand because of my history. Wow. So, so you went through that whole pregnancy. I mean, in essence being in fear, yeah. 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 Um, and a lot of women, and that's when I went through what I've gone through with, um, two miscarriages is, you know, no, like in that, in my mind, oh my gosh, like when I do get pregnant, I don't want it to be nine months of fear, but that's what really yeah, what happens yeah. because it's like, you start thinking about things you never thought you would be thinking of, you know? <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. So they they did this procedure for the surclage, um, and you go on to have a full term pregnancy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you deliver your son. Tell me about that moment. So, um, we actually were. It was the his, the day before his due date, and we we're just running errands, and I'm like. Um, Rudy, I've been having uh, contractions for a while now. I think it's time for me to go to the hospital. <laughs> and he just, he's like, what? He just like grabs like a box, of, a bag of Doritos and just like stuffing his mouth, like going crazy. I'm like, it's okay. Yeah, don't so stress. He, gets to the ho- <laughs> <laughs> he was so nervous. He was so nervous. So um, we get to the hospital and um, they check me and they say, yeah, you're in labor, but you're not full active labor because you have to be four centimeters. So they tell me to leave, um, but I'm like, I'm not leaving. I know that uh, this baby's about to come. Yeah. So I walk like two seconds and I come back and I'm like, I can't even walk. Like I'm, it's, I'm in a lot of pain now. So they check me and they're like, oh, your water broke. So then um, they admitted me, which um, I had him in the morning. So around like 3.32 is the time I had him. So I actually had him on the due date. Um. I came in Martin Luther King Day and had him the next the next morning, wow. and it was for the most part it was a very easy 
labor um, and delivery. I had him naturally. Um, it was very easy. So I would naturally say. in the sense like no drugs, nothing? Oh, no, no, no. I, I want to say, vag- girl. I say vaginally. vaginally. Okay, vaginally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Me and my husband did all the classes, and I told myself, oh, no, I'm not getting an epidural. No, I'm yeah. not. No, I'm not. And I told my husband, um, whatever I say, don't listen to me. Just, like, let's keep going with our pregnancy, our pregnancy, our birthing plan. Yes. So I get there, and the contractions start, and I'm like, nope. Everything I said is out the window. Yeah, give me like, the epidural. Drugs. Yeah, epidural. Rudy, Rudy's like, no, 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 you said. I'm like, I don't care what I said. I need an epidural now. And they're like, oh, it might take an hour. I'm like, no, 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 now. Like, there's no hour. So, like, all right, I'll get someone here in five minutes. So, after I had the epidural, like, I, it definitely slowed down the contractions and everything. So, that's. After that, I, I literally just slept until they woke me up and they were like, um, it's time to push. I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was definitely smooth. Definitely Very smooth. Very good. Yes. Good. You know, yes. um, so I, I know that you've talked about your faith. Um and it seems that you have a good relationship with your pastor, which is very good. And I believe I know who your pastor is. So um I think that's very, very awesome. Let's, so tell me a little bit about your faith um, through this journey, um, the two losses, and then now um, having your son, holding your son, and just experiencing life through his eyes. Um, tell me about your faith through this whole journey. Yeah, so um, I'm definitely grateful for my pastor and first lady um, with my pregnancy with Josiah and my losses before, um, they were always just there giving me so much positivity. Um, my first lady actually wrote a confession for me and Rudy to say every day with, um, with our pregnancy with Josiah. So, um, in the, in the confession, it was like, I will have a full term baby. I will have an easy breezy pregnancy. Um, so many different things that, um, was on that list and it came to pass. So wow. even just like us going into one income, she wrote about that there that, you know, we're not going to have an issue with finances and everything was paid. Everything was paid. Like we didn't have any issues. We were actually doing better on one income than we were on two at the time. So God was just aligning so much favor um, with this pregnancy. Um, and I definitely my relationship grew with God because I was, I definitely felt like in my second person, my second loss, I was so angry. I was so hurt. I was like, why me, God? Like, I'm such a, you know, I feel like I'm such a good child to you. I do yeah. what you say. I do this. I do this. I did it the right way in my head. Yes. You know, you're, you're playing all these things in your head. You're like, I did it the right way. What did I do wrong? You know? So definitely my relationship grew with God because I'm like, God, I'm going to trust you through whatever this situation is going to be. I know that you gave us a promise. And though I may not see it right now, I know it's going to come to pass. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yes. You know, even when your faith is tested, you have to believe that you will have a testimony at the end of it, you know, Mm -hmm. and then here you Mm -hmm. are, you have your rainbow baby. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So now that you've had your first child, I know that you have, um, still experience some challenges even after 
Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about that um, and that journey now yeah. after conceiving, having your first child, and kind of where you are now? Yes. So actually, after Josiah, Josiah was six months old when we found out I was pregnant again. Um, and that was a shock for us because we definitely weren't planning for it. We wanted to wait a little while um, for that one. So we went to the doctor and everything seemed okay. Um, came back for, from vacation. And because I had a surclash in the past, every pregnancy going forward, I have to have a surclash. Wow. As long as I make it to 12 weeks, they, they have to, um, to do it. So I was actually going to my 12-week appointment at the time. Um, and it was so much going on. I was planning my husband's surprise 30th birthday party. And so we went into the 12-week appointment to my high-risk doctor. And we get there and they do the ultrasound but i've seen so many ultrasounds especially with josiah because of the fact that um they considered me high risk i i had an ultrasound almost every week so when i saw the ultrasound it looked a little off i'm like why does it look like that mm -hmm. um but i didn't really think anything of it and so she finished up and she was just like um i'm sorry to tell you this is the end of your pregnancy um your your baby stopped growing and it has no heartbeat Wow. the doctor will come in to give you more details. So I'm just like emotional because, you know, you think in my head, I'm thinking I'm healed. Like that, I'm, you know, I don't have to think about that anymore. I have Josiah now. The next, you know, my next pregnancies are just going to be fine because yes. of the fact that I have Josiah. I have him as proof that, you know, I'm okay. But um, going there and seeing that it was so emotional for me um i just of course was crying um and then i'm thinking in my head oh my gosh like i you know we were, i was actually planning to announce the news to everyone at the surprise party that saturday wow. so i'm just in tears crying um, my family knew that i told my parents and stuff so um called the family let them know everything that was going on and um, actually the doctor told me that, um, he was like, you know, cause he's, he's a man of faith as well. So he was telling me, he's like, sometimes in life, these things happen and you should actually thank your body for it because he was like, there was a 60% chance that your child was going to be born with Down syndrome from mm -hmm. the, from looking at the test results. And he was like, you know, this was going to be a decision that you would have to make further on in your pregnancy if you wanted to terminate this pregnancy or or take the chances of keep or you know to go to keep going with this pregnancy so he was like god knew what he was doing at that time so um that gave me a little bit of relief because i just know how hard it is um you know so i was just like okay all right god i know that everything is done for a reason and at, that was the time where god was telling me this is this is a ministry that you're going to have. You're going to encourage other women that's mm -hmm. going through multiple losses. And, you know, this isn't just about you. I'm using you. You're just a vessel. So that gave me so much relief at that moment. Right. I'm like, okay, guys, because I'm just like, why does this keep happening? You know? Yes, it's, it's definitely um, an emotional journey. And like I said, it's not for the weak. Um, mm -hmm. because life keeps going on, 
you know, you still have to go to, to work. You still have to show up um, in different aspects of your life. You know, you're a mom, so you have to be there yeah. for your child. You know, your wife, mm-hmm. you got to be there for your husband. Um, and that's difficult in itself is going through this journey and having to show up and still be you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so I am definitely, um, I definitely admire your strength through all of this, um, your strength as you went through pregnancy, loss, and now where you are um, still trying to continue that journey. And and it's beautiful that you've realized, hey, like this isn't about me. It's so much bigger yeah. than me. Um, and yeah. like you said, you will help so many people um, by sharing your story, by sharing your experiences, and by being transparent. And um, I applaud you for doing so because a lot of people, they uh, just talk about the highlights, the things that are going well, the things that have happened that were well. You know, you could have just said, I had my child and that's it. And we just want one. And if we have another one, great. Yeah. But putting it out there, hey, this is what we're going through and this is real. Um, yeah. is, is very, very admirable. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, is there anything else you would like to share before we close out? Um, I think we got everything for the most part. So what would you say to... Thank you. No worries. What would you say to someone who is um, in this journey right now, who has experienced a pregnancy loss um, and is still in the journey trying to conceive? I would say to them, um, don't don't forget your faith. Um, your promise is going to happen. It may not be in your timeline. It may not be how you wanted your story to be written, but uh, keep your faith in your, that your rainbow baby will come. Amen to that. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> So thank you thank again you for, for joining. Me You're welcome. So how can we connect with you? Um, I am just starting to now get on social media. Like I used to kind of be on it, but I am on social media. Um, my Instagram name is Love Faith Me or on my Facebook, which is my full name, Fabiola Francois. Um, those are the two ways that you can definitely connect with me on those two platforms. Awesome. So thank you again, Fabiola. Really, really appreciate you coming on and um, speaking on the Infertility Podcast. And thank you to everyone for tuning in for this week's episode of the Infertility Podcast. Ciao. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Infertility Podcast. Be sure to connect with me via social media. You can find me on Instagram at I am Danielle Joseph or on Facebook, Master Mentor and Minister, or you can visit my website, which is www.iamdaniellejoseph.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.